Hello, everyone. It's your friend Tristan Miller. I'm just here to inform you that I'm recording my first stand-up comedy album and special on May the 4th in New York City at Caveat at 4 p.m. You can go to the link in my bio on my social media platforms, or you can go to caveat.com, go to May the 4th, and buy tickets there. Highly recommend that you get them early as they are cheaper that way. Also, after the show, I'm going to go, Phantom Menace is playing in theaters. So I'm going to take a big group to go to the nearest AMC or whatever Cineplex and go see my favorite Star Wars movie. I'll say it. I'll say it with my full chest. My favorite Star Wars movie in theaters again. So hope to see you at both things. If you have to pick one, just pick my my show, please. Um, I do. Uh, uh, would, I would like to sell out the house if possible. Anyway, um, love you. I uh, hope to see you soon. Okay, bye bye. Coming soon to theaters, podcasts, film reviews, and so much more. Available at tristanmiller.substack.com. And now. Our feature presentation. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Focus Testing, a podcast about movies where we make a movie. What? My name is Tristan Miller, and joining me today is the hilarious Grace Jarvis. How are you, Grace? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm great. I am. It is a, a beautiful 10 p.m. here in New York Standard Time, and I'm given <laughs> to understand that it's 2 p.m. tomorrow in Australia. Where are you in Australia right now? Melbourne. Ah, yeah. Yes. That's the problem with Australia too, is it's got like three different time zones anyway. <laughs> I know that was, I was explaining that to someone as well recently. They're like, what? Cause you know, of course it's an American friend of mine. And she was like, but that, that's too big. I'm like, that's how many we have. It's about the same size. Yeah. <laughs> We're pretty big, like in <laughs> size, you know, yeah, for I sure. was in Perth last week and it was like four hours ahead. And then it, <sighs> I couldn't even get my head around that just being on the other side of my own country yeah 100% I'll say this it's easier for someone to fly to Ireland than it is to it's quicker rather to fly to Ireland from New York than to uh California it takes less time which is fucked does up does it really <laughs> yeah it's about that's wild yeah America's too big it's too big we got to cut it up I don't know what to tell too you big. too like big get rid of some of those chunks yeah get them you know start just digging more great lakes as a minnesotan that's my i think mo look i'm very pro lake as well i think that's a good plan (laughs) also i sometimes talk to i think i was having a conversation with someone where i was i can't remember what i was talking about like bears or something maybe i was like because you guys are terrified of our animals and Mm -hmm. i'm like you guys have bears like mammals that tear you to shreds like you'll you will survive a snake bite if you get anti-venom you will not survive being torn apart by a bear (laughs) it's like so much more dangerous but i was like i think maybe it's a north american thing and someone was like oh but it they have it in canada as well and i was like yeah north america (laughs) describing the continent I tell you when I was in New Zealand there was a fair amount of like oh well you have a North American accent I'm like oh I guess I've never thought of it that way have I that's <laughs> wild but yeah, yeah. absolutely oh, I'm a, I'm obsessed with like a TikTok comment on a like a Melanie Linsky interview or something being like she has an accent I'm like you know you all do <laughs> like 
there's no standard. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's so strange as well because I I find the most common thing about an accent is that um, the way you know you're good at an accent is that the person you're doing the accent to likes you. That's the only way that they'll go, yeah, that's good. Because yeah. everyone thinks they can't. No one can get their accent right. But no. as, but yeah, I think it's so silly. Um, I mean, I don't want to harp on it too much, but going abroad as an American, as like someone who is a pseudo, trying to beauty themselves up, but a pseudo ugly American. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> it really just changes your perspective. But like, why are we doing this? None of this yeah. makes sense. The vibes are wild. I'm, sometimes I watch American movies with, Australian characters and I'm like who the fuck is this why did they like you couldn't find an Australian person in LA like chuck a rock man you'll hit one and then you you look them up and you're like oh they are Australian they're just hamming the accent up for what Americans think the accent sounds like I'm like this is we gotta burn it all down start again it's, it's very the true people, the people who made Crocodile Dundee have a lot to answer for <laughs> It's absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, I would say as well, like I have a, I pride myself. I don't know why I have this ability, but anytime I hear an Aussie do an American accent, I'm like, not nah, that's, that's, that's New South Wales or some shit. That's not <laughs> get out of here with that nonsense. And Nicole Kidman is, um, I mean, you know, she's a national treasure, but she's not nailing that accent. <laughs> ever really <laughs> not really though <laughs> and good I, for her to be honest good for good for her for getting all those jobs despite not really crushing it <laughs> and that's feminism you yeah. know actually yes you know women should be allowed to be mediocre at stuff as well mm-hmm. i mean she's not a mediocre actor she's an incredible actor but oh yeah i mean i i feel like the last thing i saw her in was like weirdly aquaman and that was that was unclear where anyone was supposed to be from, to be fair. So, yes, yes. They're, they're from under the sea. They have their own thing. For sure. If anything, they should be all sounding like Jamaican crabs, I suppose. I don't know. Well, exactly. I, yeah. Yeah. The Atlantic, um, the Atlantic accent. I will say, that I'm is trying... probably actually an accent already. I meant Atlantis. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, there's the transatlantic accent. You've heard of this. Yes. Oh, yes. That, yeah. Yeah. That's very I'm, fun. I'm trying to pioneer a new one, which is the trans um, Pacific accent, which oh. is you're going about normally as a North American. And then all of a sudden you say, oh, no. And then you move <laughs> on with your life. <laughs> I love that. I actually love that. That's great. Mix it up because I'm my parents are from New Zealand. So mm-hmm. other Australians don't think I have an Australian accent, but New Zealanders do. But people from the Northern Hemisphere think we're all the same country anyway. So they, they're not noticing a difference. <laughs> it was Except very- occasionally I have words that even, I, like I have the New Zealand word for the thing and then oh, I yeah. don't have the Australian word for the thing. So I definitely don't have the British or the American word for the thing. <laughs> and then I'm like fully speaking English, but sounding like it's my second language. <laughs> like, like, you know, you know, domes, you know, domes, like just doing the hand gesture. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like the snaps, the snap closures on, on clothes. Kind of like get a picture up. Domes. A dome. I've never heard it referred to as a dome before. 
no, I didn't know it wasn't what it was called. I had to like run it back and be like, oh, this is a Kiwi parent thing. Okay. (laughs) That's very funny. That's very good. I imagine it would go jandal thong flip flop pretty quick. That one's pretty normal. Yeah, I can do that one. I can do that translation for sure. And and also chili bin esky cooler. I can do that one. Yeah. (laughs) You can, you can always tell it's an American word when it's either the thing it does or the thing it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. You're big on, and all the brand name for the thing, Mm -hmm. like we just call tissues, tissues, but you call Mm -hmm. them all Kleenex, even if they're not of the Kleenex um, dynasty. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. I mean, that's why we call it an elevator. That was a that was the brand in uh in New York. Yeah, they're all called elevators, and so everyone's like, "Get on the." Again, they all had a little sign above it, above the lift. Well, to be fair, that is exactly what it does, and that is also what know, it does. It's spot that it elevates you for sure. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. also lifts you. We're both right in this situation. <laughs> yeah, if you can believe. Um, yeah. So I, you said you recently saw um, Aquaman. What's the most recent film you've watched, though? Would you say? Oh, I definitely, that was the, just the most recent Nicole Kidman movie. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah. I think I saw that like years ago. I think I saw it in the <laughs> cinema. It's like the only superhero movie I've ever seen because it was coming out and I was like, well, I like Polynesian men and underwater <laughs> cities. So I'll see that. Not good, but you know, a fun time. <laughs> I've gotten really so grim when they were doing the second one and Jason Momoa was just like, I don't know, it looks bad. I don't think we're going to do a third. <laughs> You know it's bad when the star of the movie is like, I don't know about this one. Uh." It doesn't look great, guys. I'm not into it. I um, No, I've gotten really into going to the movies recently because, like, the movies are back, man. I'm like, I've just, like, every few days been getting stoned and going to the cinema and just, like, seeing whatever's on. It's been wild. What was the last thing I saw? I think it was All of Us Strangers. Oh, I don't know that one. Um, it's a, a it's a British one. It's got Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal. Oh yes, it. yes, yes. And now I'd only I know seen, it. yeah, yeah. I'd only seen the trailer because I'd just been watching other movies. I went, I saw Bottoms twice at the cinema because I was like, that was incredible. Um, and I think the trailer for for All of Us Strangers came up at one point, and I was like, oh, that looks good. Like I, it was like a nice queer romance kind of thing. And I have never been so devastated in my fucking life. Like I was still crying when I, like I walked to the cinema, I walked back. I was still sobbing when I got to my house. It's like a 20 minute walk. Oh, it is oh. a devastatingly sad movie. And I, I purposefully have never read A Little Life because I'm like, I know I can't handle it. And then I just walked into that with no information. Just, oh my God, weeping devastating i mean very good but it's one of those movies where i'm like i'm glad i saw that at the cinema because i would never have been able to sit down and make myself watch that in my house Mm -hmm. i i I called my mom about it and she was like oh this reminds me of like when once were warriors came out which is a new zealand film and Mm -hmm. because my mom grew up in south auckland oh sure like it was very familiar to her and her parents and she like went with her mom to the movies to see it and they came out and was like what what did, did you like it and her mom was like of course I didn't like it that was harrowing and she was like that's the wrong question to ask it's a very good movie but no you don't like it <laughs> it is it's a very grim film I, I I think it's phenomenally 
um, put together. I watched it um, a couple of years ago before my trip, but also I realized mm. I had seen it, but I had to had turn it off because like me coming in, it was like, why is Django Fett being so mean to everyone? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was confused. I saw what I was like, I was like, oh, I love Tim Lerner Morrison. Let me see what else he's done. And I was like 18 at the time. And I was like, oh, no, I, I very quickly clocked. Like, I don't think I'm emotionally mature enough for this film. Devastating. Actually, actually so like even Whale Rider is kind of brutal to watch. Oh, like yeah. it's, a, it's, I love, and I have seen it multiple times, but, and it is a beautiful Same. movie, but the scene where she's, she's doing her, um mm-hmm. her speech and her, her, like just crying because her granddad didn't come because he, he's disappointed that she's a girl yeah. and she's still doing her kapahaka. And it's like, Oh my God. So sad. It's so sad. Yeah. One of my favorite films, uh, perhaps the first person I remember like actively having a crush on is like a wee one going because I saw it when I was like 13 and I was like this gal she's so good yeah she's She's so she's beautiful she's beautiful and also like the character um herself is like so like a powerful character and in a Mm. a way and I was like very like yes that makes sense to me but um what was uh the first film that you remember seeing in the cinema I think, I don't know if I remember, I know that my parents took me to Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets mm-hmm. and they had to leave because I was afraid of the big snake. Um, Understandable. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. It's really scary. It's, it's really like big. <laughs> high octane action for a children's movie, I'll be honest. Um, I think the one I remember is, I think it might be Sharkboy, or La- Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Like we went on like a school trip to the movies and we saw that one and again I remember being really scared but I don't think the special effects were as good in that one as they were in Harry Potter (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not but that was intentional but I feel like um so a kind of a theme is like you go to the the cinema and you you're someone who's so open and willing to feel whatever the movie's presenting you with, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, I just wander in like I'm like just <laughs> oh hey what's going on in here. Also, <laughs> part of that is just that I've started getting stoned before I go because <laughs> I'm I'm autistic and I I have a PD like a pathological demand avoidance profile, which means that people tell me stuff is good and I'm like I know that it is and I'm sure and I trust your opinion and I know I will like this and yet I just don't like I'm like I can't because you've told me to so Uh. I'm like now I'm like this just getting high makes me slightly less um like scared of new information (laughs) like I'm just like slightly high and being like oh whatever happens happens as opposed to like my dad spent all of my like adolescence trying to get me to watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off because he was uh-huh. like it's such a good movie it's such a good movie and he 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 was too into it so I refused to watch it I was like I can't no and then I watched it for a podcast like as an adult and I was like oh shit this movie is awesome like it's <laughs> such a good film I do this all the time like during the pandemic my um my flatmate who's another comic was like um you, you have you seen Dirty Dancing? And I was like, no. And she was like, look at yourself. It's going to be your favorite movie. And we watched it and I was like, oh, this is my favorite movie. <laughs> it is so good. It is, it is a movie about a girl who learns to dance so that another girl can get an abortion. It's a perfect film. <laughs> 10 out of 10. 
Yeah. That's so perfect. good. I will have to watch it. I've never seen it, to be honest. Oh, well, because the problem with like classic movies like that, especially from the 80s, is people pitch them with the wrong stuff. Like they oh, yeah. talk about like the iconic scenes mm. and they're like lifting her up in the air and don't put baby in the corner. And like those aren't actually the best bits of that movie. They're just like the bits that people remember. The script itself is actually quite good and funny. And and like it is actually a very entertaining and like a romance, you know, because I just always thought it was like a really sappy romance that I wouldn't be interested in. But it is actually like a very very well made movie i like you know they they pitch the wrong parts of these things like ferris bueller my dad was like it's you know it's cool because he's like i don't know ditching school and i'm <laughs> autistic and a very goody two shoes and i was too stressed at the prospect of him being in trouble a to real be able cameron. to watch it yes huge ca- cameron rules i'll be honest he does he's, he's the best part of the fucking movie he's so good he's so good um, but yeah, I was like, I couldn't handle that amount of stress. There's so much secondhand stress I get from fictional stories. <laughs> During the pandemic, I exclusively read middle grade fantasy novels because like that's the level of stakes I could handle at the, yep. <laughs> the stress, the stress level I was already at. I was like, I can only handle like everything's good, definitely going to be okay at the end of this. And honestly, even when it's not okay, it's pretty fine. <laughs> <laughs> that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, what do you think you, the best cinema snack is besides, of course, the, the weed you've been saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, weed. Um, I like, I think the, the beauty of a cinema snack is like the, like chalk top, popcorn combo is kind of the only situation where you get to have both sweet salty and hot and cold at the mm, same time mm. it's a it's rare that you get to have all that at once yeah um for those uninitiated with a chalk top it's a oh a right <laughs> cone of ice cream with a chocolate uh like shell on top right yeah so that it doesn't melt too fast yeah it, it kind of gets like extra frozen so that you can still wait until the movie has started to eat it. So it's quite Ooh. hard, <laughs> but it's delicious. And I always get a black, a boysenberry ripple one. Cause I think that's mm. like the classic chop top flavor. That sounds but, really good. Mm, really good. Mm. And of course you never buy boysenberry ripple ice cream, like at the shops, you know, you don't really want a whole tub of it. You yeah. Know, if, like if I'm buying a whole tub, I want like chocolate or something else, mm-hmm. but in the chop top format, it's kind of the perfect amount of boysenberry ripple ice cream. Yeah. Especially with the popcorn, you know, both yeah. mouthfuls at once. A delight. Oh, that is a delight. That's so I'm like, good. I'm like, I'm high doing the ratatouille thing in the <laughs> cinema, like putting yeah. both in my mouth and like seeing the flavors. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh. I just have an, just a delightful evening. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, yeah. Do they have uh, in Australia? Do they have they caught on to the trend of um, putting full meals in front of you? We do that here in America. Like really? you can get like a bowl of soup while you're eating, while you're watching something. They have like chains called Alamo Draft House, and they like the first thing was like, oh, there's a bar, and they're like, oh, and there's a sure. kitchen, and now you know you're you're there with a salad trying to watch like <laughs> Mean Girls or whatever, and you're like, I where's my fork? I've dropped it. But I don't yeah, understand. Like the- the problem with soup or a salad is like it's not really a 
a food you can eat in the dark. That's like, my main issue. That's why I don't go out for it at all. I'm like, no. you guys have your burger or whatever. This is crazy. The thing with the popcorn and like Maltesers and like even the chalk top and like your, you know, lemonade in a cup type of thing is like, you don't need to see it to know where it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all so- pretty you're just like it's all over you immediately (laughs) yeah i'm just like what are you talking about maybe like a cheese toasty you could do like a hot oh yeah a grilled cheese yes that that's eatable i guess but cutlery at the cinema is wild it's i i don't stand for it but other people really (laughs) seem to enjoy it i can't imagine getting like a full like (laughs) ribeye you know yeah it feels like hustle culture has combined dinner and a movie into one event it's like you're supposed to do both you're supposed to do both at different (sighs) different venues i I have a question for you if you're gonna go to dinner and a movie which one do you do first oh interesting Mm -hmm. i think the classic is dinner first but i actually think dinner after is better i think so too like talk about the movie precisely you can yeah. be like what do you think i thought it was good but it really upset me <laughs> you know? yeah exactly well because i think like the reason people don't think that going to the cinema is a good date is because you like can't talk but like mm-hmm. if you then after talk about the movie that makes the date way less awkward because you automatically have like stimulus to discuss you know mm-hmm. like any, New- it's like a book club <laughs> It is. I think that's actually, yeah, I very much agree. It's also why, like, you know, doing comedy, you see a lot of people on dates. I would never bring a date to crazy. But I understand, like, oh, you want to laugh and then you want to, you also, I would say, if you really don't know a person, if you're going to a showcase show where it's just, you know, different comics, you really get a barometer of what they find funny. And if it's not the same thing as you, you can kind of go, I don't think this is good. It is, that is helpful for sure. Because, yeah, you want, you, don't want to be like three dates in and realizing that they like really like misogynist, like wife hating jokes. (laughs) And you're like, Oh no, this, this could have been avoided. (laughs) Yeah. And date one, had I only taken the, so what I'm trying to say is if you have a date, bring them to one of my comedy shows and let, let us help you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Um, it is crazy. I would truly, I mean, I would never take a date to a comedy show just because I, do comedy and that would be really weird to like bring a person to your workplace as a bit as a date but also even if I wasn't a comedian I was like I I'm like I just feels wild (laughs) feels wild on a first date especially maybe a second one that would make more sense for sure yeah are you ready for some movie trivia sure okay starting off same question I ask everybody okay what is movie Okay. I would say it's like, um, you know, there's not much on and then there's a kerfuffle of some description, shenanigans, you know, um, a, uh, a, you know, a schmozzle and then, um, you know, end of, you know, resolution of schmozzle um, and then probably scene of like sky or paddock, you know, kind of nice pan up sort of thing. Mm-hmm. City from above, that type of vibe, you know, clouds, maybe. <laughs> clouds, if maybe. <laughs> if it's animated, some animated bloopers to make the kids feel less scared, you know. Wish you could bring that back. 
They really should. That's so much work, though, eh? Um, I know. <laughs> Those Toy Story ones are so funny. And it's There's... like, you didn't you didn't have to do this, but you did. For me? And thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's it's so lovely. Um, that's I a know. very good answer. A schmuzzle is not a word I think I've I've heard very <laughs> often, but that I like it a lot. Um, I think it's an American word, isn't it? I believe it's a Yiddish word, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, 100%. Um, so many consonants in one word. Yeah. Almost um, entirely consonants. Oops, all consonants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say, you mentioned them earlier. If you had to rat, had an animal to ratatouille yourself into success, okay. what animal would that be? Mm. It's interesting because I, in some ways I think most animals have already had a movie, you know, but in other mm. ways... They haven't. Like I can't oh. can't really think of a turtle movie. Oh, Teenage Mutant but... Ninja Turtles. Oh, Out that's of the shadows. True. Yes, th- those are. <laughs> those, I suppose those aren't. They're more. Um, they're freaks more so than they are turtles. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you, you I get think, their like, ass. <laughs> people focus on the turtle aspect of that movie a lot more than they focus on the mutant aspect, and yeah. I think we should. It's more mutant than it is to is is turtle. Like, Can, well, I'll say this. The latest Most one. Most turtles don't know that much about Renaissance art, you know. That's true. Even just aside from the fact that they're walking around with katanas and whatnot, <laughs> they've got too much, hu- like humanity's knowledge. <laughs> true, they're too enlightened. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I'll say this, and what I mean by ratatouille yourself, yourself into success. You basically, you know, you can pick a mascot for you, Grace. Okay. If you had to pick an animal, because like, you know, there's that term spirit animal that's like, you know, we're trying to move away from that because it's yep. uh, not polite to indigenous people. So I suggest that a ratatouille is a good replacement. So I what do too. Animal... That's a great replacement. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Um, yeah. So what would your ratatouille be? The hat can be as big as you want it to be. It's infinite hat. <laughs> well, it's interesting um, because recently my parents were um at a hotel and at that hotel there was also a furry convention oh interesting they were bothering the hell out of these furries from what i can tell there was a lot of our daughter is autistic as well chat going on (laughs) (laughs) and my dad's out here asking people about like their depth perception if the tail affects how they move from side to side sort of thing and my mom is bothering like foxes and raccoons and being like have you considered being an Australian native animal (laughs) (laughs) like that was her problem she was like what do you mean you're a fox why aren't you a koala or a bandicoot or something and this woman is from New Zealand like she's just very passionately for the native animals of the country she's currently in so I would like to (laughs) I think there's not been enough uh, Bilby movies and I would like to add, I would go with the Bilby, you know, because we in Australia, we have uh, rabbits because I grew up in Queensland. So rabbits are illegal to own, which people think is is crazy. There's like a big sign at the border that's like surrender your rabbits or $10,000 fine or jail time for rabbit owning, um, which is wild. You can have an exception if you're on a magician's register but that's, of course that is a slippery slope I have to say so at Easter we don't do chocolate bunnies we do chocolate bilbies and oh. I love the bilby and I think that would be my my sort of my guy yeah I, um, they're I, sweet and they're burrowy 
you know, but mm-hmm. they also can sort of hiss at you and, and be mad. Yeah. Also, they're very endangered. So someone should speak up for them. Absolutely. I'm looking <laughs> at them now on Google Images and they are adorable. Incredible. They're so cute. Excellent I had a, pick. my, my ex-boyfriend, uh, he, cause like, I was like, I had a, we- I have a weird thing about pet names. Like I don't like baby because mm. it's weird and infantilizing and also feels like a very American like stylistic choice and I was like we should do like we do with the bunnies at Easter and have our an Australian version of it and I was like oh well the Australian version of it is Bilby so I just called him Bilby instead of baby that's very funny very cute that's very sweet that's very good yeah and like an Australian grandma will call you like possum or poss instead of like um, chicken or hen, like they do in the UK, kind of thing. So I think they're, I think all of our native animals are very sweet as pet names and also sweet in general. So I'm pro yeah. Bilby. Yes, I'm pro Bilby as well. Um, love Australian wildlife. Obsessed they're with very, it as a kid. They're my favorite kind of mammal where they are like sand based, but the mm. sand never really gets stuck on them. Like they, mm. they burrow and they kind of shake it off. Like the sand just kind of falls off them. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that because if I was a sand-based animal that also had sand stuck to me all the time, I would kill myself. Like I just couldn't. <laughs> I mean, that's probably what happened in evolution. Just took that's over. what I mean. Yeah, I know. That's great call. Yeah, they all just got depressed and like they died. <laughs> and being off, all gritty see. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. Um, as someone who's uh has one foot, as it were, in Aotearoa, um, this may be. Uh, is pertinent to you. Um, who has the best hair out of all the Lord of the Rings characters? Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know that I've seen the Lord of the Rings. Ooh, I've read it. I've seen The Hobbit because that Ooh. came out in the cinema when I was a teenager. Um, I don't know that I've sat down and watched all of the Lord of the Rings. I mean, they all seem to have great hair. Mm-hmm. Legolas, certainly. is very long and silky. In way, but I think Gandalf has a real, you know, he's good. They've all got, they've all really got a lot in their own ways. They've got great hair. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine, you know, I would even the to orcs, see... you know, they're 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 being themselves, and that's yeah. important. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That is true. They do when they in do no, have hair, it's very thick. <laughs> personal style is is more important than trends, you know. <laughs> true. True. Um, I do. She feel says as... in track pants and fucking band <laughs> t-shirt in the middle of the day. <laughs> I mean, I'd say this as well. Like, um, I I, I want to see the wig budget from Weta. You know? Oh my god! Of, I was so when I was a child, so upset when I learned all of them are in wigs. Not a it's single. It's devastating. Yeah, it's I, feel, ne- I felt it's, a fool. It's also never not upsetting. Like I went, I saw Bottoms, and uh, Ruby Cruz is wearing a wig in that movie, mm-hmm. and I was like, ugh. I've been betrayed. <laughs> I've been fooled. It's like, it's not even part of, like, it's not even like a big deal. Like her hair is not like the main point of that movie. And I was still like, ha, huh, I've been, I've been let down. <laughs> um, from which actor mm-hmm. would you steal a car? A car. Okay. Honestly, I feel like there are a number of them, of the more, like not necessarily like the a-list most well-paid actors in the world but like the ones who are like 
very comfortable, you know, will, you know, never have to work again type of vibe money wise who do shit like just being like, ah, you know, you need it more than I do. Like, I feel like, um, oh, what's his name? Who's, um, Scooby, who's Shaggy and Scooby-Doo? Oh, um, what is his name? My God. Um, he's a delight. He's a delight. I, it's, it's escaping me because it's not Freddie Prince the Jr. Because that's Scream. Fred. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put in Shaggy, um, actor, and it's gonna come up, and we're both gonna be upset that we couldn't remember Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Yes. And he, the thing I love about him is that he doesn't seem. He has at no point taken his career for granted. Like every time anyone is like, "Hey, I think you're a really good actor," he's like. Hey man, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. And I try really hard and I love this and I'm so glad you like what I made. And I love that about him. And I do feel like if I was in a, a, in a desperate enough situation that I needed to steal a car, I reckon he would be like, you, you, I get it. Like, you know, yeah. I, I'll be fine. You, you clearly have something urgent going on. I think he would be understanding, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's very good. You, you're the first person that sought out someone who would be empathetic to your situation. Everyone's like, <laughs> okay, either who's a rich asshole that I can fuck over, or oh, who's right, someone yeah. who I can who I can take in a fight. And you're like, oh no, who would just understand that it's a desperate situation? <laughs> that's so good. I think uh, he would. I think he would get it. I think he would. And I think I could because you know I have. Um, I have like I have medical PTSD so I've spent a lot of time in hospitals screaming and then sending notes afterwards to be like I'm so sorry I have no control over that reaction I'm sorry I made your job hard and so mm -hmm. many nurses who are like I get it man you I you had no control over that and and it's our job to look after you and I'm sorry it's hard for you as well you know and those kinds of nurses are the best people in the whole world and I think he would be of a similar kindness in this situation, you know? <laughs> I, I agree, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think the next one I'm going to ask you is, um, what's a film that you'd like people to remember, but they don't? Hmm. I don't know why that came out like Stephen Fry. What's- It was good. <laughs> it was a real deliverance. remember, but they don't. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, I feel like most, I don't think I have anything that's like super obscure that mm. I, um, that people, that no one is remembering. Mm. Um, I don't know. That's fine. There's like, I really love Heathers, but no one's really forgotten that one, I don't think. But I thought, I don't think it gets enough credit for being a very funny parody of a teen movie it's really because good i saw it for the first time like two years ago it's really fucking good it's really good and like and, and i again I, I keep bringing up bottoms but i watched it and i was like oh this feels like the mm. modern heathers like mm. i was like i love that movie because it is such an absurdly like parody of a, of a teen movie and i was like so is that you know, which is, it's a very cool tradition that I enjoy. And also Labyrinth, which I don't think anyone's forgotten either, but I, I'm so, 
there's something about like John Hansen. He really he put life into those Muppets, you know, mm-hmm. like they're not like the 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 characters in that movie. Like David Bowie, I could take or leave to be honest. All like those the worm a hot like, take. And the, yeah, a like hot the, take about Labyrinth. Ah, David Bowie's fine. Put anyone in the, there. The worm. The worm has oh, yeah. so much charisma, man. He does. Like, he, he has is, the riz. He does. And all the other little characters that go along with her and the door knockers, like mm-hmm. they're fucking a delight. Yeah, absolutely. So not, not so not much that the uh, the film, but you want people to remember the characters from Henson's Labyrinth. Again, oh. I think it's like movies that are of a certain age, people remember the, mm-hmm. not the, not the best stuff. Like you remember that David Bowie was in it. You remember that he's like weirdly into a teenage girl that's not the best part of that movie the best part is all <laughs> of Jim Henson. the worst <laughs> yeah this is the, the, not good yeah um there was a movie uh that came out in australia a few years ago that i'm pretty sure no one saw um it was about like uh a refugee population in a small country town and everyone was kind of mad that they were like refugees in the town and then they all like joined the AFL team and it was so lovely like because I'm not usually a sports movie girl mostly because they're mostly made about American sports that I don't understand but like this I was like not I don't really understand AFL either because I'm from Queensland and New Zealand so I understand rugby league and rugby union I'm not really across AFL but like I could understand the like situation that was it was like very wholesome and heartwarming because it was like people overcoming racial prejudice and a te- like and a sports movie in the same way where you're like the set the, all the good things about a sports movie where it's like yeah we did it teamwork and also and like racial r- racial and cultural um crossover mm-hmm. in is like harmonious in the town what is it called i think the the rooster or something the rooster um, uh, I will I let you look that up. Bod- Bodgy Creek? That can't be it. The Merger. It's called The, the merger. merger. Oh, Yeah, it's, it's really sweet. That it's, sounds really yeah, it's, a, it's like a failing footy club and they recruit a bunch of like new, indi- like a new refugee people, like who've come to the town to be in the mm-hmm. team. And then they like, you know, they do like prayer like Islamic prayer before it, but they do it in this like very Australian way of like you've combined Mm -hmm. two cultures in this way that is amazing. And also what is lovely about Australian culture when it isn't being heinously racist is how like mixed our cultures are constantly and it's like lovely. Like that's what is good about multiculturalism is like the weird stuff where it's like very Australian and also very every other culture at once like Mm -hmm. you know very good movie I only went to see it I went to see it because I was literally like we must support Australian film like I was (laughs) like I didn't even think I was gonna like it I was just like I want them to know that I buy tickets to movies made here and it was a delight you know oh that's a lovely that's lovely it sounds really good I'll have to look it up um yeah do we'll have to do um yeah, I mean, I, as someone who's also from a country that, like, when we get it right multiculturally, it's really beautiful, but mostly is known as being bigoted. It's really frustrating. 
It's, it's like, wild. It's really frustrating because sometimes like, it's guys, really beautiful. Look at look at all the good stuff. Let's just do it like that. <laughs> Please, can we just concentrate for five seconds? Yes. Oh, we actually mostly all agree about this. Yeah, I mean, the thing I keep bringing up to people, and you know, not to get on a soapbox, is everyone, every culture is the same in as much as it's about food, family, and safety, and it's Literally. just. We just have to agree what that means, <laughs> but we all up, want the man. same things. That's it. The outfits, the outfits look different some mm-hmm. of the time, and that's it, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as a person who loves outfits, that's an added bonus. <laughs> yeah. What a beauty it is to express oneself through clothing. Um, yeah. The Bo best. Brummel said, "Your style is your being yourself on purpose." Truly. Yes. And there's a picture of me from when I'm very little. Um, and I'm white, like I'm Pakia, you know, I, my family's from New Zealand, but they came there from Scotland and Nova Scotia, like three generations ago, which oh. is Scotland twice. Um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty Scottish. Um, but there's this picture of me from when I'm little and I'm wearing my like Nana's like cream cashmere, like cardigan with like kind of sequiny buttons. And over the top of that, I'm wearing, um, uh, like a, a Maori uh, outfit that mm-hmm. one of my my nana's neighbors made for me because mm-hmm. I liked her her daughter's one mm-hmm. so much that she made it for me and so it's like it is a very weird photo of like a white girl wearing like a, a cashmere like yeah. white cardigan oh, and and over the top of that is like a cultural outfit that someone made for me because I loved their yeah. cultural outfit. And I feel like we have so much conversation about like cultural appropriation stuff now. Like, I feel like if you looked at that, you'd be like, Oh, I don't know that it's appropriate for her to be wearing that. Mm-hmm. But the lady that made it for me was so delighted that mm-hmm. I liked it so much that I wanted one. Like she was so thrilled and came over to take the pictures of me in it to be like, Oh my God, I love that you like what I'm. And I was like, I love this so much and I wore it constantly as a kid. And like, that is where I think the kind of black and whiteness of like, you don't involve with cultures that aren't yours are like kind of upsetting to people who genuinely just, they meld very easily in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, my, my mom did her like year abroad at uni in Japan mm. and there's so many pictures of her in her like kimono and the, mm-hmm. the hair and the outfits and stuff because her host family was like desperate to dress her up and like <laughs> take yeah. her picture and, and and put her next to all their daughters and and mm-hmm. be like look she's so much taller but look she's wearing the outfits like yeah it's very cute you know yeah it is quite lovely I do think that is um a danger of it and I really think the the splitting and I think you're right that it is quite lovely when it's being respectful and reciprocated on both sides but I do think mm. that uh, uh, I th- that attitude I feel like really does come from America because America doesn't have a unified sense of self we're constantly dividing ourselves up even from like states like I'm really proud to be from Minnesota but I'm not proud to be from America you know what I mean <laughs> and yeah that's, that's so interesting because it is like a lot of um racial like yeah a lot of your kind of conversation about racial like interaction has kind of bled into our stuff like I see like Americans in the comments under 
like New Zealanders stuff and being like, mm. oh, are you allowed to be doing that? Like, why are there white people doing the haka and stuff? And it's like, mm. oh, because like we've had like quite a long history of like involving everyone in those cultural traditions. Like it's not a, per- like there's still obviously a lot of racial stuff and they just, yeah, just yeah. elected a very conservative government who's trying to I know, I'm so sorry for your pull loss. back all of this fucking bullshit. It's so brutal. But like we have like quite a long history of like everyone being chill with us all doing it together. Kind of like mm-hmm. as, you know, my dad's white as shit and he did the haka like, you know, in high school and like learnt Tereo and like that's just part of growing up in New Zealand and like Americans mm-hmm. are kind of like they shouldn't be allowed to do that. And it's like, oh, no, no, we don't need your opinion on this. Um, <laughs> this is already, this is okay. But Grace, what you have to understand is um, Americans have opinion on everything. They, you really do. And we it really is wild do. to watch because I'm like, so quickly, every year, every year, something comes up on my phone of some Australian or New Zealander very politely explaining to Americans that we have Christmas in the summer every year. And it's like, we always do. How are there still more of you who don't know this? Because they come at you so hard and like, ugh, why is this idiot not wearing a jacket in November? And I'm like, oh, because it's 30 degrees. Like, why? And then we're like, what do you mean it's 30 degrees? That's so cold. Oh, yeah, we're boiling. <laughs> For like, sure. I just don't understand how we, like, and everyone's so polite about it always. And I'm like, at, at a certain point, yeah. Like, where have you been? You know? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I will say, not to toot my own horn, but when I was in New Zealand, a lot of people were like, oh, why do you know that? I'm like, because I'm visiting a foreign country and I should know the country <laughs> I'm you coming g- into because I would be Googled it quick. <laughs> yeah, it would be crazy to not know that. Um, yeah. Anyhow, we kind of kind of get far afield, but it's been sorry, a lovely sorry. conversation. Oh, good. Um, I'm going to ask you <laughs> one last bit of trivia and then we'll get to the pitch. Um, the Sick. last bit of trivia is always why is austin powers so sexy charisma baby it's all it's yeah it's, baby it's he's magnetic <laughs> <laughs> i've been talking about this a lot actually oh, not yeah? austin powers specifically but i went to a rocky horror screening mm. on new year's eve which was so fun and i forgot how fun those are and it was weird because um, my dad taught me like the call and response things. Cause he used to go like every Friday night in New Zealand kind of thing. And there were a bunch of like lines that I, that no one else knew. And I was like, maybe this is the New Zealand script. I don't know. Um, but there were a bunch of like people behind, like older people behind me who kept kind of being scandalized when we yelled out the stuff. And it's like, didn't you guys make this up? Like, we're not, we've not written this. This is like, an old script like we, we didn't create this like this is actually very lame like we're not la- we're not la- like improving we're like mm-hmm. yelling out a predetermined set of responses to a movie but the thing about Rocky Horror is that it's like it's not a good movie like it's not good but it is the reason we keep watching it is because everybody in that movie is giving 110% like they are so hot everyone in it is so hot and they're just like that no one no one in that movie turned up and went well this is a bad script I won't you know I won't try very hard they they turned up fucking Tim Curry woke up put that garter belt on and was like I'm gonna serve cunt harder than anybody ever has and like I don't even use that expression but like that's the only way to describe what he's doing he's like giving 110%. Everybody is so sexy because like no one is laughing at themselves. And Mm -hmm. I think that's part of why 
Austin Powers is sexy as well. It's just truly just like no holding back. <laughs> just yeah. <He>. Hard. <laughs> He is Just doing going it. at it. Yeah. So good effort. Oh, that's very good. Um, yeah. <laughs> are you ready for our random word? Sure. Yeah. All right. Doop, boop, boop, boop. Survivor. Okay. Survivor. All right. Um, I kind of have a couple ideas, but I always like to defer to the guest because I don't want to okay. bulldoze you. I will. I have not seen uh the show survivor before no. i've seen some of lost also when i was a kid i uh, thought they were the same show uh <laughs> because the <laughs> can i tell you you i haven't seen either i kind of thought the same thing as well no the ads are so similar man like i it's very someone I, on a I beach know, they're all hot <laughs> i yeah i couldn't i didn't i don't think i knew that survivor was a reality show i think i thought they had crashed a plane onto an island like but but also maybe sometimes they do that as like a bit but anyway um it's like a joke is this yeah, a small yeah. amount of air terrorism it's just like a little funny little thing we like to do yeah oh i like i don't know i thought maybe they were pretending that they had like crashed landed even though mm. i assume they hadn't um and i haven't seen like i am legend or any of those ones where it's like is that when it's like the one there's one man left alive type of thing? yeah and it's like a bunch of vampire zombies or something my understanding and a dog dies in it so god oh no yeah so i feel like that's what comes to mind is just like one guy Mm -hmm. in a situation um but sure that's a lot of movies to be fair actually most movies are a A guy guy in a situation situation. (laughs) i would like to argue that that's basically the plot of dunkirk It's a guy in a situation, man. That's what I should have said when you said, what's a movie? <laughs> That's true. That is true. The guy well, in a situation. It's just some guy. A muzzle, si- if you will. Um, I think Survivor, I think, is quite, can be absolutely uh, a, a guy in a situation. And part of me is like, um, I feel like Survivor should be about uh, like it. An, a dramatic retelling of like a spelling bee competition or something okay, and it's like, I like or that. you know so it's like high stakes for the characters but you know you zoom out and it's like just the most local like i don't or a sheep shearing event i don't know something that like i do love a sheep shearing event the I, 25th annual putnam county spelling bee is mm-hmm. very that vibe where it's like these kids are like bloodthirsty and it's like it's not important like <laughs> Similar vibes with like I didn't see the Martian, but I, the Martian is like he gets stuck on Mars and mm-hmm. then he, he survives. Yeah, and I'm always like, I would just give up. Like I can't. <laughs> Can just, I say no? There's no way I'd be waiting around on that in the hopes that someone will remember to come back for me. Like I'm on Mars. Yeah. Like I just give. Up. Just give. Is up. there life on Mars? Not for long. No, for I'm out of here, man. I cannot be dealing with this. I can do I, not want to. Can I tell you? I recently did. I do an improv comedy uh, stand-up show here in mm. New York, and I got the the ask of like, oh, uh, the prompt of zombies are happening. You know, what's your go-to move? I'm like, suicide. Do not want to deal with any of this. It's like a fucking, it's a dating app prompt. I'm not on dating apps anymore, but every time I get on them, it's like, what? It's like a fun prompt of like, what would you do? What's your first choice? Like in the apocalypse, I'm like, immediate suicide. Like I am not, 
I am not that keen on sticking around now. Like I can't, <laughs> I don't have, I don't have the strength to be the last man standing. Like <laughs> I think I have the movie and it's okay. a guy in a situation and the situation in is a situation. <laughs> yes. He really wants to kill himself, but he keeps surviving. He's like cursed yes. to not be able to actually do it. <laughs> That rules, actually. That's, um, yeah. Did you ever see? It's kind of like Groundhog uh, Day at a certain point, but. Wrist Cutters, a love story? Um, I hadn't. No, I haven't. That's a movie people should remember now that I think of it. It's really good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's like. They they kill themselves and you go to a like you it's like when you die you go to a worse place and everything is w- just real bad and it's like all Ugh. people who killed themselves and it's like that but in the real world where you just keep trying and things just get worse and worse and worse and you just can't he can't do it just He's... like jumping off like Richard Scarry vibes, like jumping off a bridge and like there's a fireman's like trampoline underneath and he's perfectly <laughs> safe and like <laughs> yeah like he keeps trying to do it and he can't do it. Yeah. So I feel like um that's very good. Um I like that as a jumping off with the trampoline. Trying to walk good. trying to walk in front of a bus and having someone pull you back and be like, oh my god, God, you nearly you need we nearly lost you. It's like that was the point. <laughs> I like the idea of I like that. But yeah, I also like the idea if he tries to do the bus again and no one else is around. He found like a rural bus, right? <laughs> and he steps in front of it and it just <laughs> just, just the, it breaks down and now the now the the who can't get to their concert and in time because their tour bus is breaking down in the middle of the, and everyone's nowhere. mad at this guy and this guy's like i'm just trying to kill myself in peace man i didn't want to interrupt the, the dave matthews band tour or whatever <laughs> what um what do you think instigates his his desire to no longer be around uh, probably like a history of depression and a uh, society that doesn't support anybody to live. <laughs> okay, so so he has Joker's disease. Got it. Cool. Yes. And he, rather than trying to blame society, blames himself. And so, yes. okay. So it's a very, it's a female suicide, but it's a guy. We're subverting mm. it, you mm. know? Of course, of course. Yeah. Classic. You know, gender's yeah. not real. Classic. Um hundred percent. I like that a lot. Uh, I think getting Joaquin Phoenix to play it again, almost exactly the same way, but like more morose somehow. Um, he seems like he's up for a lot, you know, yeah. or Daniel Radcliffe, because he oh, is a guy yeah, who he loves to be in a movie about a situation. That's, he does. That's what he loves. He loves he to loves. be in a schmozzle. It's all it's good for him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's really kind of difficult being in this situation. Absolutely. I got they got they handed me the script and I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. I'm in. Sign so me you, up. So Dad, you're telling you're me attached to this project. <laughs> Absolutely. So it almost feels like a retelling of Sisyphus, too. You know, there's this idea, you know, that quote that like one must imagine Sisyphus happy, right? This idea of like, there must be joy in the work of doing it over and over again. And I feel like this is the antithesis, the antithesis, if you will, um, to that. But I think. I think that's a crazy quote because I have never thought to imagine (laughs) Sisyphus happy because it was actively a punishment. Like He's not supposed to be happy. He's supposed to be eternally punished by the (laughs) gods who are cruel and unforgiving. (laughs) 
Truly. I agree. And it's interesting. Which is truly why I believe in the Greek gods more than I believe in any of the others, because like they do bullshit. Like, and life <laughs> is bullshit. Like the it's Christian true. God is supposed to be all loving and all forgiving. And I'm like, have you seen the world? Like he's not involved. You know who Seems I think bad. is involved? Zeus. <laughs> that horny bastard. That is a man with a revenge fantasy. <laughs> <gasps> true, true. I do think yeah. um I almost like getting into this like uh, uh area we are of like, okay, so he is a depressed person. And almost like either Sisyphus or Job, gods make a bet of like, how many times can we get this guy to kill himself? <laughs> but we're not going to let him do it. Yes. That's very Terry Pratchett-esque I was, gods vibe. Yeah. I was, was going to say, Good <laughs> Omens is that. doing well. Let's let's cash in on that sort of thing. Yes. Um, the, the, I don't know if you've read The Last Hero, but that's my favorite Terry Pratchett book. And it's about a man who like goes to kill the gods because mm-hmm. he's like the last hero. And he was supposed to have a, he was supposed to have a noble death and he didn't. And all of his friends died. And now he's just an old, sad man. And like, that's, the energy or like everywhere what was it everything everywhere all at once whereas like the same guy in parallel universes and he's trying to kill himself in con- in different ways and like he has tentacles in one universe and he still can't kill himself like you know just like <laughs> so i like that as like the denouement the biggest thing he's been trying to kill himself and he goes you know what fuck it i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go learn transcendental meditation maybe that'll cure me and he goes and he gets to the she's this en- enlightenment and then he tries to use it to get to the other plane to kill himself there and he still cannot do it and I love I, it. I, we I, should make this thing. This sounds good. Yeah, this sounds like really easy to pitch to a studio executive and everyone yeah. will clearly not be off put by the content at all. No, we're getting this made. There's funding available, I'm sure. <laughs> I I always think about it because I'm pretty sure if there are parallel dimensions, like mm-hmm. every alternate version of my, almost every parallel dimension version of myself killed herself in high school like almost (laughs) all of them for sure like I'm it is actually miraculous that I didn't so I I like to sometimes think about it where I'm like this is all cherries you know like (laughs) I should I should have been dead at 16 like this is everything that's happening now is all just extras (laughs) yes I like that as a I mean that's you know that's actually a very positive attitude when you think about it like oh yeah life can't get you know it's great um but yeah i like that a lot um i like these series of vignettes of him trying to do it do you think he achieves enlightenment he tries to go to the multiverse to kill all the version of himself he can't do it and then he has to confront the gods what do they what do they say to him why are they doing this to him do you suppose i guess they're bored (laughs) (laughs) it's really that simple is it They've run out of eye-eating parasites to invent. They've decided they've decided to just pick on one guy, or just I, like you know how like the trope of like oh the gods must hate me, and mm-hmm. then he turns up and they were like yeah we do we hate you a lot <laughs> like we just we personally don't enjoy you as a person like we're truly it's our hobby to fuck with you. You're right, the gods do hate you. We're the gods, we hate you. Boo, hiss, get out of here, Greg. We hate yeah, it. literally. Um, I like that. I thought I also had was, um, what if it's he gets up there and he's like, "Why me?" And they're like, "Oh, we just pulled it out of a hat." But we wanted to stop. Haven't you noticed that since you've been trying to kill yourself, 
the rest of the world has actually been great. And so we put all of the pain and misery into you. And you're, you're the, the sacrificial ve- lamb. Yeah, you're the vessel you're, for all of it. And you you're can't Jesus. Kill you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you can't kill yourself because if you do, all the misery is going to get out and you're going to make everyone miserable. Oh, Pandora's box. He's a human Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. So we can't crazy. do it. So they have to stop him from doing it. I love that, actually. I always, side note, Mm-hmm. Don't you think it's fascinating that there are people in the world named Pandora? Like, imagine looking at your beautiful <laughs> no. baby girl and naming her after the source of all evils in the world. Isn't Chaos that crazy? Discord. It's yeah, it's a bit mad to be honest. I mean, yeah, I think about that a lot. It's I think wild. I love I. I really love the name Ophelia as well. But, like, mm-hmm. you can't name a child that because you are asking for her to kill herself. <laughs> like, it's, it's a beautiful true. name, but it is simply not worth, it's not worth the potential hubris, you know? Absolutely. I I feel that way about biblical names as well a lot of the time as well. You know, it's like even, no one names their kid Judas, obviously. But even no. someone like, you know, Thomas, well, he was a doubter. You really want to bring that legacy up, you know? Get out of there's here. There's a lot of like there's so many names where I'm like, you're 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 asking for this trouble, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like They've... naming someone Prometheus. It's like, well, this is not gonna go well. <laughs> this is not gonna go well. Absolutely not famously bad. It, just, it would just not, it would just be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Even when it's something like Arthur as well. It's like you really want this guy to roam around killing people, judge jury and executioner style. Really? That's what you <laughs> yeah. want for your kid, Arthur. <laughs> At least you could say you named him after the like um Arthur the Art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True, true. Um, I'd say as well, um I think once he finds out that he's like that, he I feel like he's gotta be more determined than ever, right? To either kill mm-hmm. himself or everyone else. Or does he turn on the gods, do you think? I could he could like end the world, I guess, because then it's like mm-hmm. if if the reason I can't kill myself is because all of the like the horrific stuff is inside me and it will be let loose if we just end the whole world then i'll be free you know it's mm-hmm. very selfish and in a lot of ways suicide is very selfish in some ways yes in other ways <laughs> i kind of get it yeah i mean um, it is it's a good analogy to be honest you know yeah that is you know <laughs> it's like this it, guy this guy would rather end the whole world than like go to therapy <laughs> men would rather <laughs> nuclear annihilation than go to therapy once yes truly (gasps) truly very good um do you think he succeeds in obliterating everything surely not he must just like go out to sea you know (sighs) just go out just on the open waves just take Mm -hmm. to the pacific you know yeah yeah i like that a lot i think he i think he should i think that going into the ocean is a very catholic because you know how Catholics think that suicide is a sin. Yes. But like, if you just walk into the ocean, that's kind of like hands free. You know, like you can mm-hmm. you can be like, you know, there's a gray area. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can like you can be like, I want to I want to die, but the ocean has just taken me. Like I mm-hmm. I didn't you know I wasn't involved in this. It was the you know nature <laughs> took me. <laughs> yeah, the Lord Himself took me away through the ocean. I like that a lot. Yeah. So and you I, can bury me in consecrated ground. <laughs> Although I suppose the body's not, it's not, not even that useful. The body's not there. 
party's not there. Um, Although sometimes they wash up, I suppose. I think um, I think him taking to the Pacific is great. I think he should get into a tussle with some of the gods, kill two of them, and then the third one says, if you go to this place in the middle of the Pacific, you will be able to be unburdened. But of course, once he gets to one side, he's just constantly going back and forth. He can't yes, ever get 100%. to the actual, you know, he's just constantly it's stuck. It's just all, it's all purgatory. Everything's mm-hmm. purgatory. Life is purgatory. <laughs> True. Life is it purgatory. It reminds, there's um, a book that I don't think anyone else has ever read. I bought the it because I had like a, yes, yeah, <laughs> just me. I've discovered it. Um, <laughs> it's got some pretty cool stuff in here, guys. I don't know if you know, actually, Jesus, a political it's- revolutionary. Um <laughs> he's a pretty chill guy turns my seat backwards um he i read this book i i bought it because i had like a i won like an academic award at school and they would always like be like a certificate and like a book voucher and because i was a bookish kid book vouchers were kind of my currency um and i bought this book it's called drift house by dale peck i am not convinced I just don't think anyone's read it, but I've read it so many times. I love it so much. It was like one of my favorite books as a kid. And it's about, they go, actually, it's like 9-11 happens. And so their parents send their these kids to the, stay with their uncle in Canada to be away from New York. And so they go into this house and it's a big boat. The house is boat shaped. And they're like, that's suspicious. And then the sea of time takes the boat and then they're afloat and then there's a lot of very, very existential time-based stuff going on. And at a certain point, a big whale takes them to the bottom of the like sea of time in this like whirlpool. And she has to choose between locking the lock and making it so that no time ever passes again and no one dies and no one is born and, you know, time stands still or choosing to not do that and to live in a world that is both beautiful and contains pain and suffering and it's a very good book I think uh for like a middle grade novel incredibly existential um (laughs) (laughs) but also I think that like there could be like a you know sea of time whirlpool like Mm -hmm. gets to the bottom of things situation in the middle of the sea where he can like go down there and be like kind of the oracle or something you know Mm. peace with it yeah, I think I like that him becoming, or he just find, he just has spent all the movie trying to purposefully kill himself, and he just dies of an accidental death. That would be very funny. That's yeah. admittedly quite good, but I yeah. like this idea of him being redeemed. And as much as he like greets people who are in the exact same situation as him, I got right? listen, listen, mate. I've that. tried this. I've tried. It's not worth it. Yeah. Just yeah. It's not worth it. You're gonna have to go kill gods. It's like a huge headache. Don't even. Do it's it. a nightmare. Have you seen Mount Olympus? It's huge. Like it's so tiring to climb up there. They don't have like help. No donkeys want to go up there. You know, it's a mess. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why donkeys is my mode of transportation in this situation, but you know, <laughs> you know, live a little. They you see, they're very involved. Say what you will about the donkey. Like there, there's not a lot of stories where there wasn't one, you know, That's true, surprisingly yeah. prolific in, as in literature, the donkey, <laughs> you're not wrong. Speaking the Bible's of full of them. That's <laughs> true. Um, did you know there's a sequel to drift house? The first voyage? No. 
It's called The Lost Cities. It came out oh in 2007. God. Yeah. I must read that immediately. Oh, fuck. That's I think very it's, interesting. it's interesting. It's it's kind of my example of like I'm sure maybe maybe it was more popular in America you know maybe maybe it only had the one publishing run here or whatever but it's it's a real example of like you don't know when you're making stuff that's good and important to someone because like that guy doesn't know that I've read it twenty times yeah like you know he just wrote a book and maybe gets like you know ten bucks a month on like royalties or however that works you know but like I that story has like become ingrained to who I am as a person you know and he doesn't know that yeah how can you know (laughs) how can you know I think about that a lot too and specifically like doing what we do of like I remember growing up telling other like friends so many jokes of other comedians and it was like I hope someday to be passed around a playground like that you know because that's just the where it's at you know a hundred percent I was such a comedy nerd as like a teenager and because I wasn't really allowed to watch TV like a lot of people's like famous like favorite comedians are like very very famous like American stand-ups mm-hmm. you know from the 90s kind of thing but because the only TV I had access to was the Australian Broadcasting Corporation for the most part all of my heroes were Australians and New Zealanders which meant that I met them like two years into comedy because the ceiling <laughs> is pretty low but like it was so weird to like meet people and be like I could recite your 2014 gala set to you right now like I have it memorized and like Sarah Kendall doesn't know that the four minute set she did on the gala when I was in year 12 is like I've watched it 100 times I think it is a perfect set like it is so funny and I love it and she probably watched it back and was like oh I fumbled over it twice ah fuck I, I messed up my big gig and like I have it memorized like I the first time I watched it I was like this is incredible. And I didn't know that they put it on YouTube afterwards. So when it re-ran, I like filmed the TV on my little iPod touch so that I could watch her set again. Like that's how much I loved that joke. And that's she so doesn't good. know. Like that's, you know, art yeah. is really weird and like p- important things to, I think it's, I think it's part of why I enjoy the fact that other countries have different understanding of what a like canon is and what's a classic and like, what's the important kind of art because there's actually no the important kind of art like the important kind of art is the stuff that sticks with you and for me that's Sarah Kendall on the gala when I was 17 and like drift house and Mm -hmm. like very weird and specific key things that make up who I am as a person I think it's very cool yeah you know absolutely I'm I'm with you 100% um do you want to do a quick lightning round yeah you can um yes all right let's see here so again we get the same prompt and then we both do a quick one i I do feel like it's rather (laughs) you were just so sincere and i was like oh yeah do you want to move on to the next game you know yeah (laughs) i felt a bit that what you said just now was quite lovely and i did guitar. this is my this is my problem is that like i keep doing podcasts with people who have like premises and like things to get through and it's like you have to direct me because I will just talk for an hour like I will fill time and then they're suddenly like oh we haven't actually answered the question and I'm like oh but you it's your question you gotta come back to me I would just keep I forget we're even recording this I'm having a chat <laughs> good I'm glad oh, the word we have is valid okay 
so for me it is about a man trying to validate his parking and he can't do it and he keeps trying he keeps getting directed to different parts of the building and he can't escape the building and eventually he gets to the middle of the building and he realizes that um he is in fact the car the whole <laughs> like time transform- like like a like yeah. a, like a disney like short film but it's for transformers from the yeah, transformers universe just, yeah but he just goes into a car and then he gets parked yes and then someone tries oh to and it starts we're, again we're making some really existential <laughs> movies today incredible yeah, stuff like yeah very good i also don't even know what that means like what do you what what does validating the parking even oh it means um essentially the business place for your parking spot because you know we charge for parking here so um okay yeah so you go up to a building and go to you validate parking meaning will you cover this basically right so like a reimbursement but yeah okay that makes sense yeah okay that makes sense i think they do that here i just don't know that that's what they call it maybe hmm it's hard to say. Um, valid. I for some reason it reminded me of that. Did you ever see the movie Valiant? <laughs> a bit, bits and pieces, yeah. It was like a World War II movie about Pigeon. pigeons. Yeah, pigeon, yeah. It's like pigeon in a fucking metal hat, like yes. the best. Um <laughs> I feel like maybe mine could be like about trying to like get oh, maybe like one of those movies where you have to like you know change country like kind of eat pray love type of vibes of like mm-hmm. traveling but it's because your visa has expired somewhere else so you have to so go out of the country going working holiday visa. working holiday working, yeah and then yeah and then you have to leave the country to get the visa to get back into the country and like on the way you find yourself you know that's very Elizabeth good Gilbert style i like that a lot it's quite good yeah. um okay next up we have Another quick one, which is, come on, <laughs> guilt. Oh, my God. That's what guilt. most movies are about. That's true. That's, all, that's cinema, baby. That's cinema, baby. Um, guilt, <laughs> I would say, is about um, a woman enters a pie-making contest. Okay, yes. And she cheats. Oh my god. And she gets away with it. I'm hooked. But it does absolutely slowly eat away at her to the point where um subconsciously in her sleep she starts committing arson cuz oh she's god. so hype about it. And then she has to come away from that. And it's like a mystery on the one hand and a th- it's like a thriller, but it's set yes. in like or like a Jekyll and Hyde situation where she's oh, yeah, trying to yeah. solve her own crimes. Yeah. Yeah, she's the police chief. Um, yes. Why not? And she's in like, um, I don't know, Butte, Because Montana. of feminism. <laughs> <laughs> Women can be horrific cops as well. <laughs> AWAB, all women are bad. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think in like Butte, Montana, and it's a small, like it's a very small movie. What's yours? Yeah, I like that. Guilt. It's interesting. I, because I, you know, the term like guilty pleasure, I don't think, I I have some problems with the term guilty pleasure because I often think it is mostly used to describe things that women enjoy. Like it's just often just a way of being like, 
ooh, you're not allowed to like this thing because usually women like it. And it's like, this is just misogyny in an extra package. But I think my only true, like, actual guilty pleasure is watching two sides of a comedian's breakup in fringe show format. <laughs> like, two comedians break up with each other and then they both write shows and I see both because, like, <laughs> I simply must. You know, and like it's, I think that's... it's such a specific thing. <laughs> but the thing is, it happens so frequently. Like there's usually one every year. Like <laughs> you're not wrong. That's a hundred percent correct. I feel like that my movie would be maybe about the character who's like going to both sides of like the story, or like they're both. The shows are both like, I don't know, in the same venue or something. And it's like, you know, everyone, you know, that kind of the drama of like this breakup and everyone knows about it and their shows are about it. And yeah. What if it's a reviewer who's trying to yes. figure out who to, who they like more? Yes. Yeah. Trying uh. to figure out how the relationship ended by like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Putting the clues together. Get That's the only good reason on to case. be a reviewer. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. It's a good I reason to be there a, been a breakup. <laughs> um, you were saying that's the only good reason to be a reviewer. You're not wrong. Um, yeah, to be I, like more of a detective than like a social, like a social detective. <laughs> I think Into, so. Like interviewing all their friends, like going to their friends' shows to see if they mention it. Like, <laughs> yeah, so great. funny. Um, getting a job as a reviewer because you love personal gossip like that's the reason that's the reason to do it yeah absolutely yeah um uh, finally we have smooth okay smooth for me it's about the person that figures out smooth peanut butter instead of chunky peanut butter first like if you just mush it up more and add more oil you can just make it better exponentially actually yes it's like that Jennifer but, Lawrence movie about mops. Yes. Joy, I believe is what it's called. Um, but for peanuts. But for peanuts. And I think what <laughs> happens is there's a litigation about whether or not, because he goes, well, you know, it's kind of similar to the Kellogg brothers where they go, well, I want crunchy. I want smooth. He goes, well, I'm going to take my smooth peanut butter over here and start my own company. And then he goes, yes. hang on, that's not allowed. I own the patent on that. And then there's a big lawsuit Wait. about it. What happened with the Kellogg brothers? Because I thought their whole thing was that they the cornflakes were supposed to stop you from masturbating. Isn't that their thing? That's part of it, yeah. And basically what had happened was um, one of them was like, hey, let's put sugar on these cornflakes because, you know, it'll sell better. Oh. And the other guy's like, that's a pleasure. That's a sin. Um, no, yeah. I'm going to go become a doctor and start circumcision in the U.S., actually. That's going to be my whole deal. <laughs> You guys have a very complicated relationship with cereal, like more so than anywhere else. <laughs> Truly. It's just like we should just be eating oats. That's it. Everyone calm down. Just have Relax. a bowl of oatmeal. Have some Find oats. it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like smooth maybe like it should be like a jazz club situation. Ooh. Or like someone like a girl, she starts bartending at a jazz club and then she gets involved with like a jazz musician. And then, I don't know, maybe she's like murdered and hidden inside a base or something. Um, 
or maybe she becomes a uh, not a double. Well, could be a double bass, but I don't know why I think the only instrument involved in jazz is the double bass. There's definitely trumpets as well. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Well, thank you very much for doing this. For um, what do you want people to know about you that listen to this podcast? Um, uh, I. I'm a comedian. You can <laughs> buy tickets to my shows. Um, is this is this the plug area? <laughs> this is the I plug do? area. Is this like yeah, personal growth. Okay, Both. great. Yeah, okay. Um, you can follow me um, on the internet at Grace Jarvis Ono on Twitter and Instagram and Threads and TikTok and all the ones that I'm supposed to be on now. Even though I mostly just like Twitter. Um, and if you live in Australia, uh, you can come and see my new show. It's called Oh. The Horrors. Um, it is at Adelaide Fringe Festival, Melbourne Comedy Festival, S- Sydney Comedy Festival, and Brisbane Comedy Festival. Oh, wow. And then I'm moving to the UK and it will be in Edinburgh as well. But then I will, you know, be in uh, the UK. So you can see me there on the street, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Just walk, walking up and down. <laughs> um, to Potentially the- on a much less annoying time difference. <laughs> can i tell you it's it's almost yeah. trickier because it's like 3 a.m there oh now yeah and that's just it's like a sideway oh that's true actually yeah annoying um it's like three uh perths away um <laughs> but um to you the listener i want to say thank you and also if you want to support this podcast by going to substack.com that's tristanmiller.substack.com early access to the episodes video of the episodes and then also a bonus podcast where i discuss people's comfort movies called movies to fall asleep to it's a podcast that you're meant to fall asleep to it's pretty fun done a couple episodes trying to do more we have some great guests on that gabe dunn just did an episode um my friend hussein hamuda did an episode and then glenn tickle who's a great very fun comedian that i like a lot um and then to you grace i want to say thank you very much i appreciate you being on thank you for having me yeah, of course. Thank you for finding um, a time that works for both of us. And um, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to maybe see what are your shows when uh, we are both in the same hemisphere and or time zone. <laughs> Ideally. Oh, I also just last night filmed my first like special oh, kind congrats. of thing. Ideally, someone will be able to watch it at some point. It has been <laughs> professionally filmed. So yes. there's that as like a no information at all but just a (laughs) general concept of people if you want to bother me to be like when's that thing coming out and i'll be like who knows i really i'm not at the helm of this thing now but um (laughs) we'll discover Um, fantastic yeah thank you for having me